What's up, everybody? Josh and Jay back with the America is Red, White, and Blue podcast. We are definitely getting uh, towards the World Cup. It's amazing, uh, you know, seeing all the, the social media posts and all the excitement from all the different squads. Everybody's showing up at the at the hotels and, and getting ready to, uh, you know, prepare and train and all the photos and, and all that good stuff. And the hype is real. Uh, I'm definitely very excited. I'm glad I'm not going. Looks like the conditions for the people uh, visiting are uh, subpar, to say the least. Um, but we're we're here to talk about a little World Cup action coming up this weekend, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, as everybody knows, the United States men nation, men's national team is in Group B, uh, surrounded by Wales, England, and Iran. Uh, you know, pretty pretty strong group. <clears throat> We're with, uh, you know, England, obviously one of the favorites to to win the tournament outright. Uh, so we're definitely going to have to, you know, really earn our way out of the group. Um, you know, looking forward to the weekend. Uh, as per usual, Jay, what are some of your uh, initial thoughts on the U.S. men's national team? Before we get there, dude, I just, I'm so pumped for the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, this is such a strange year. I mean, the, forgetting about all the drama as to how we got to where we are right now and having the World Cup occur in this odd time of year and screwing up all the different clubs, team schedules, et cetera. It's going to be great. It's the World Cup. So uh, I am going to thoroughly enjoy watching this. I can't wait to go out to some bars and be packed with insane fans from countries around the world. This is, you know, this is one of those rare sporting events that just brings everybody together and it's just awesome. So I am super thrilled about that. Um, As far as the squad is concerned, you know, it's been a long time, the development of this team and seeing our talent and these guys starting to play at real clubs and not just be domestic players, this has been changing over time. So, I mean, we have guys that are playing all over Europe and great squads. Uh, you know, we're a young team. We're an inexperienced team. So I'm not really sure how that's going to fly here, but um, I'm excited for this. Yeah, we definitely don't have a ton of World Cup experience, obviously, uh, you know, missing out on the on the cycle. <laughs> Um, that, that's, uh, that's not good, but it clearly, you know, motivated the guys and, uh, it, it, it showed that us, you know, as, as Americans, it's not a birthright. Uh, we still have a, a long way to go in this, uh, in this sport at the international level, but, you know, it's definitely, you know, we're not marching out a bunch of guys and no offense to the Columbus crew or anything like that, but having a midfield of, you know, Juventus players and Valencia players and Leeds United players in the premier league. Uh, certainly puts my mind uh, more at ease as a fan that we have guys that are out there competing in the top leagues. They're not going to be intimidated. Uh, they've been playing against uh, the best uh, for, for a long time. And I really hope that it pays dividends. I really uh, hope that the guys, when they slide that shirt on, they know who they're playing for and they lay it all out on the line. Uh, it's a really exciting time and it, it's unbelievable the sort of nerves I feel you know, before every Chelsea kickoff. It's going to be that just absolutely amplified uh, when the U S men's national team takes on Wales uh, on Monday. And it's, it's just going to be awesome to, to your point. It's, it's just great to see the development of the squad and us hopefully having the chance to make a little noise. And listen, I mean, we're so young. Uh, who knows what this looks like moving forward? I mean, we've been dying for a competitive national team in this country. I mean, sports is such a big deal here. And soccer has just, you know, football has just never really been a sport that we've been able to excel in and be truly world class. So 
I'm not insinuating whatsoever that this team is going to be able to produce like that because, frankly, there's a lot of other national teams that just have far superior talent <laughs> and have been playing and have been playing together a lot longer than these guys have. Uh, but I mean, maybe this is a step in the right direction, such that in four years, when these guys are now four years older and have had four additional years to develop playing for big clubs, you know, maybe we start to become a true threat. So. Uh, this should be some good stuff, but we, we are super, super young. We have a couple of grandpas on the team who hopefully will provide some leadership who have been around the block. Obviously, we got Greg Berghalter leading the charge at head coach. I got some interesting tidbits about him. Um, but yeah, man, I think we, uh, regardless of how we do, this is going to be fun. I mean, it is a super young squad. Uh, one of the notes that I had, you know, the average age of the guys is 25 years, you know, 175. So, I mean, that's a great sign that we've got guys in the right leagues developing early. And, you know, as they continue to peak and develop, hopefully, you know, we can only get better. Obviously, step one is is qualifying, which we managed to take care of this time. Thank God. Uh, and, you know, everybody wants to make sure that we get out of the group because you, you can't win the thing unless you get out of the group. Um, you know, the, the farthest I've seen us advance was the quarterfinals, of course, in, in 2010 and how amazing that was. Um Let's see if we can scrap together some performances. And, you know, this is going to be huge for you know American football development on a lot of levels because the next generation, when they're tuning into this and they see Weston McKinney scoring goals and doing the Harry Potter wizard stuff and, you know, Pulisic putting the tiger eyes up and stuff like that. I really hope that we get some iconic moments uh, out of this that the youth is really able to, to gravitate towards and to continue to inspire these guys uh, to develop and, and, you know, and want to go abroad and to want to take the American game uh, to the continent of Europe. Uh, because, the, you know, the more guys that we continue to get in the top leagues, the more guys we're going to have in Champions League, the more guys we're going to have in Europa, and we're just going to continue to put out a better end product. So let's, uh, let's get into the roster, man. Do you see anybody that before, you like? Before we go into the roster, let me, let's talk about the coach for a little bit. I got some cute oh, Greg about v. Good call. So, Good call. Greg Berhalter. He is a New Jersey man. He ain't too far away from you. He grew up in Tenafly. Not too far away I, from I, you. He, uh, he made a cameo appearance in the Premier League as a player with Crystal Palace, and he's actually the first Palace player to ever appear in a World Cup. Ah, well, that is actually somehow that's that, a thing. And, and it's and it's off of one appearance, one appearance. Oh my! Yeah. So uh, he's been obviously spearheading the team since 2018. He's also he's the first man to actually represent the red, white, and blue as a coach and a player. That's an awesome stat. These are these are good ones, man. I didn't know any yeah. of this stuff. Yeah. Well, I know you're going to remember it forever now. Rain Man. Well, no, I I will because you told me. <laughs> Rain Man. Yeah, I mean, dude, before we get into the, to the lineup also, what, what I'd love to see from this team, we've had some interesting runs. We've come up with some really big victories on the world stage. I just, I want us to dominate CONCACAF. Just, it seems like we are capable of going out there and putting up like good performances, whether in, in friendlies or in something more meaningful. But like, then we can just go to like El Salvador and get whooped. So, so like, it, I, I want to see this dominant. Yeah, between us and Mexico, we should be <clears throat> at the top of the charts all the time battling. And that's really should be our top, top, top competition. But yeah, I mean, then it's like, we'll go to Honduras for a random game. I know it's a tough place to play, but then they'll just drop one there. So I'd like to see us get a little bit more consistent and start to dominate our region. 
let these guys grow, and then maybe we can show up against an England, Portugal, and Argentina. You know, I think that's the trajectory of the team. That's really what we should be striving for. And that that's definitely a good point because I I also just think that um oh actually I mean I saw another stat that the MLS is actually the number one league supplying players to the World Cup outside of the top five you know leagues in in Europe, which I I was. I don't want to say shocked, but I was a little surprised by that and and happy, quite frankly, um, that even guys, you know, from Poland, guys from Ecuador, you know, internationals, you know, from other parts of the world are coming and playing their football in America and, you know, developing our leagues and exposing, you know, domestic, you know, American talent to, you know, different playing styles from guys, you know, coming over here. So um, that's a real sign, I think, of, of, of the continued on brand success that the MLS has really had. It's not a product I, I watch a ton, but it's certainly improved uh, by leaps and bounds. Um, and what's interesting too is, you know, we have all the soccer specific stadiums throughout the country. And I think that that's starting to grow with the teams. These are appropriately sized. These are, you know, 20,000, 25,000 seat arenas, generally speaking. But as the sport continues to grow, you know, who's to say that those games shouldn't be played in the Meadowlands the way that the World Cup will be, or they'll be played at, you know, Dallas Stadium and, you know, Jerry World or whatever. The idea of having American domestic football leagues be on the same level as the National Football League, I mean, that, that's that's still a, a, a long ways off, but I don't think that that's something that we won't see in our lifetimes. Yeah, and we've seen the shift. Like the MLS was basically like an early retirement plan for certain players. So it's like, I mean, 100%. obviously it's, it's still happening. Like, like Garrett Bale going out to LA, this is still going to happen. And that's fine. I want superstars in the league. So by all means, come on out and join it because we want to see you guys here. But we're also seeing the reverse of this is homegrown talent developing through MLS. And then when they get good enough or they're talented enough, then you're seeing the big clubs that are coming and scooping them up and throwing them on their squad. So listen, I think all of this is going in the right direction. And it's just been, it's just been crazy that just given the amount of people we have in the United States, the type of resources that we have, that it's taken this long for this to happen. But I'm glad it is. So, well, and quite frankly, the, the Latin and European populations <clears throat> that are that are here throughout this country that that love this game, that grew up with this game, you know, their their parents played or their their grandparents played. Um, <clears throat> we don't have that generational culture as much uh in, in this yeah. in this country and you know i was talking to a, a gentleman from glasgow uh this morning who will be will be joining our podcast eventually and uh you know we, he was talking about how claudio reyna was a was a great manager for for rangers the club that he supports in glasgow and uh it's great to see that that you know people from around the world have positive things to say about uh, our our former players and our also our ability to to manage football because uh we all know uh, that the you know the English in particular love to dunk uh, you know on American coaches and managers uh, you know with with the way that we say either what is it PKs versus penalty kicks or or, or whatever the, these these uh, stupid little uh, things that they want to want to chop up and, and analyze. But that being said, uh, positive vibes heading into the tournament. Now, do you want to talk about the roster? Yes, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready. Let's go. All right. Well, actually, the first guy I also want to talk about too is. Uh, the guy in the number one shirt, Matt Turner, another New Jersey guy. And for the record, I'm not a New Jersey native. I'm living here now. But I, I nonetheless root for, for all okay. the guys 
still counts uh, dirty coming, jersey. coming from this coming from this part of the world so uh we're glad to see matt turner over there really had, had had some great appearances in an arsenal shirt couldn't be happier for this guy um you know it, it it's definitely a, a change um from zach stefan but i think it was a, a change that was needed and uh, i think turner is going to be really solid and we have a guy who's very capable and good with his feet yeah you know the zach stefan thing was a little bit strange um To my knowledge, he was kind of the locked-in number one keeper for this team up until fairly recently, uh, working as a backup at City. Then I believe he's at Middlesbrough now, and he's been getting more regular playing time. He's at He's had had a little bit of fitness issues. So it's strange that he's not even coming. Um, Either way, listen, Matt Turner's playing with Arsenal. He's obviously the backup there to uh, Aaron Ramsdale. He's got to have talent. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even brought him over. Um, we'll see what he's got. I don't know. I I, have, I don't think I've ever seen him play. I've seen him play a couple of times, and I think that he's more than capable. Uh, I think he's he's a big guy. Um, you know, he's he's coming into his own. He's 28 years old now. Um, so he, I, I think I think he's up to the task. Um, <clears throat> I'm really, you know, also hoping again. He's seen he, he's seen Saka in training. He's, you know, he's seen top yeah. talent, you know, in, in training and granted, you know, training is, isn't the same as, as playing in games, but he has, you know, had a lot of time on the pitch, had a lot of opportunity to play this year. So um, uh, I'm confident and I like that he's in the number one shirt. I really do like that. Um, I think it's befitting. Uh, shouts out to uh, the best number one in U.S. history, Tim Howard, of course. Um, hopefully he can, he can, uh, you know, live up to, to some of the greatness that, uh, that Tim displayed when he was back there. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. All right, so back line. Um, again, I'm not going to go through everybody, but I thought it was really important, just given the youth of the club, that we did bring Tim Ream. Oh, it's 100% also, him. It, it kind of had to, you know, we needed somebody who can keep the guys grounded, keep their heads in the game, play a little bit more of the mental game. And he's been playing really well for Fulham. So to have him as the stability in a very young team, although I love the youth, man. You. These guys, maybe they're going to come into the situation and not feel the nerviness and not feel the pressure as much. It's just that youthful confidence and maybe slight arrogance to come out there and let it shine. So I'm pumped that he's there. I know Walker Zimmerman's probably a lock at the other. He, uh, probably. He's, I mean, yeah. he, he's solid lock. <clears throat> yeah. And then and Anthony Robinson, another Fulham player. So he'll 100%. have a little bit of continuity with Ring and Sergino Dest. That's a solid back line. I can That's live a with that. solid back line. It, I can live with that. And I mean, there, and, and uh, I, maybe we should take another step back. I completely agree with that. That's my back line. It's the way it, it has to be. I feel that we're a four, three, three. I think that's the, yeah. yes. the, 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 the formation for us right now. Uh, without a doubt. I a hundred percent agree with Tim Ream. He's been playing awesome. Anthony Robinson is a freaking rocket ship. I love that dude. His, he, you know, my favorite trait, industrious, super hard worker, big runs and he and he's a big strong guy i uh i really like the the threat that he presents and you know serginio dest not necessarily known for his defensive aptitude but that dude is dangerous with the ball at his feet let him bomb forward he's he's gonna be awesome uh i i think anthony robinson is gonna be kind of the linchpin of this team because dest is gonna be designed to get up the pitch and anthony robinson is gonna be running back a lot but i also i I think i think I, i think carter vickers can play a role in this also as a rotational guy. So, I mean, listen, there are bodies who are, again, they're playing for big, big, big clubs. 
Fulham's been playing really well this year. So to have a bunch Heck of guys yeah, from man. that squad in the team that know each other, can work with each other, I think that's going to speak volumes. Well, uh, when we when we play Wales, they have two or three Fulham guys on their roster. It's going to be like a Fulham training oh, yeah. session when those guys uh, oh, run yeah. out. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. Um, but no, I, I I do like that call. Cameron Carter Vickers uh, playing his football for for Celtic right now uh, in the Scottish Premier League. Uh, you know, again, it, it's good to we're we're spreading the tentacles into all kinds of different leagues, getting all all kinds of different uh, exposure. And if I may, I, and I am being selfish, and I wasn't really playing mental dominoes when we started picking these, but I have to talk about my favorite part of the team, and that's the MMA midfield. I just love it. Oh yeah, I, yes. I mean, there's only one. There's only one midfield, and if I am going to be copping a U.S. men's national team jersey, there's only one, and that's the number six Eunice Musa jersey. Boy, <laughs> is that thing! Boy, is that thing crispy right out of the deep fryer. I, I, I've always been a huge Musa guy. I was praying to God he wasn't going to commit to England because why do they need more talent? Screw those guys. I'm saying he is going to be the difference maker for this team. I really think the way that Musa goes is the way that we go. He he and Weston McKinney, the way that they're going to be in, you know, interchanging and stuff like that, you know, Tyler Adams is a different type of player. Musa is the U.S. men's national team's Mateo Kovacic. He's the guy that will get the ball and dribble at you. He is a physical presence in the midfield. And I really think that he is going to be the guy that drives us out of the group. And if we get a chance to advance even further, he is going to be a huge reason why. Yeah. And just so that everybody is aware, any living, breathing body who's playing a sport with the number six is going to be Josh's favorite. It's his, it's his lucky number. So anybody with the six, it, well, anybody I mean, it's, on this it's team the with the six, and that's the one he was going to get. But listen, I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be our midfield. It was interesting that they had Brendan Aronson as, I guess he was A midfielder. Listed, so, I thought the same thing. Listed so him I, as a I, midfielder. Yeah, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, if they're going to have him play in the midfield in kind of an attacking role there, or if he's going to slide up, or if that even matters. But yeah, I, I definitely think that those are going to be our three guys in the midfield. So I'm right with you. The MMA out. midfield. And you know, I, I think Tyler Adams is a guy who we were kind of missing in the past a little bit. Uh, Shouts out to Michael Bradley. Uh, a gr- you know a great player for us, uh, also a number four like Tyler. Um, I just think he adds a little a little something else. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that's been playing in, in tougher leagues a really long time. Um, he might not have you know some of the long ball skills that Michael Bradley did, but I think Tyler Adams is very tidy, and he, he's hopefully going to bring some some continuity and some some settling into the into the midfield. Yeah, what I've seen from him, and I think. I think it's going to be a somewhat similar playing style to what he does at Leeds. He's very good on the press. So if we, I mean, I don't know what the game plan is against, you know, you know, obviously we're probably going to have to be a little bit more careful when we're playing England and say when we're playing against Iran. But if we are going to go through periods of the game where we're going to try to press, he's going to be key at that. That's exactly Actually, what he's he from New Jersey against. too. Shouts out to Tyler Adams. Another, another Jersey guy pumping out a lot of talent. And you were kind of talking about Jersey, like, ah, I'm sort of from here. I'm loosely affiliated. All of a sudden. All Shouts of a out sudden. To Jersey. Well, you called me out for it. I, I live here. <laughs> so let, like, let's, let's, let's embrace it. All right. So let's get up to the front line. Anybody else in the midfield you want to mention? 
Well, I mean, the only other person uh, you, know, you mentioned him, Aronson. I noticed that he was he was listed as a um, as a midfielder, which I found a little bit interesting. He's he he to me is like a true number ten. He he's yeah. he's a guy he's a guy who plays underneath the striker. Uh, he's not a false nine, um, but but I, I think he's a he's a distro guy. That's what he does for leads. He's always standing in the middle of the pitch. And man, the kid runs. Uh, you know, I, I really love his effort levels. Um, he's definitely either going to be a super sub, or he's going to be somebody who could start, uh, depending on the health of of Gio Reyna, which we can you know kind of get into here. But you let me know what your front three looks like because I I have a feeling that we're going to have a little bit of a differentiation here. My front three is a mess. I just wrote down names. Uh, obviously, listen, Pulisic is a definite starter. He's deadlock. He's probably the first guy on the team sheet when they were creating it. Um, from there, it's probably going to be Jesus Ferreira. I could also see Tim Weah getting in there. Shout out to Brooklyn. We actually have a Shouts New Yorker out. on the team, which is great. Shouts out. Um, if he's healthy, you got to play Gio Reyna. You got to. But I also, you know, if, if we're playing Brandon Aronson up front, I don't know who he slots in for. Uh, I like Luca Della Torre. I think he's got a little bit more control in his game. See where he fits. And Josh Sar- Josh Sargent isn't, you know, a tremendous technician, but he's one of these guys with just super work rate. And for Norwich, he'll just occasionally find balls and bang them in. I mean, but, he's a poacher, know, but and but yeah. you know, he does have some skill, and he's a big kid too. He, he's he's not he's not tiny. Um, but there's a lot of bodies to kind of fit into these three spots. I mean, so, and for me, just to be clear, I don't think Aronson fits into the 11 as I have it. Um, because, you know, right now we've obviously got Turner. We talked about the back line of, of Robinson, Tim Ream, Walker Zimmerman, and Serginio. I have the MMA midfield. And then up front, I've got, again, depending on the health of Gio Reyna, I've got Gio in there. If Gio is not, you know, ready to go, you know, log the type of minutes that he needs to, I put Aronson in there, Pulisic, of course, and then here's my wild card, going Haji Wright up top. He's in the best form. Interesting. Uh, he's he's scoring goals. Um, he's a he's a striker, um, and that's what he does. So I, depending on you know how this all goes, I don't like the sort of free throwing. Uh, excuse me, free flowing front three. Uh, and I think that's what like a way would bring or something like that. But I think you need a, a kind of a true target man up front. I like either either a Haji Wright or, or maybe a Josh Sargent. Uh, and I think like a Wea sort of fits in as a replacement for a Pulisic or a replacement for a Reina. Uh, I, I see, you know, Wea more as a wide player than in the center. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he can play both, but you're right. And I think that's the role that he plays when he whenever he, I mean, he doesn't get much playing time at Lil, but. That's exactly what he does. I think he's got two assists on the year, a bunch of substitute appearances, and that's about it. So do we have fairly similar lineups? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we look, had a little bit of a some, change some of the up top, but everything else was kind of the same. Well, it picks itself. You, you know, the the talent and, you know, the teams that are next to the names sort of, you know, they tell the story. So you've, you've obviously got our highest quality players playing in the highest quality leagues. And, it, it it is no joke, and you know I, I I think sometimes people people tease me a little bit, but when when guys, especially in you know football in Europe, when they're wearing the right numbers, you know that the guy is good. <laughs> when 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 Weston McKinney is wearing number eight at Juventus, you're all right. It, it, you know when Eunice Moose is it's wearing number about. four at Valencia, you're okay. Put and, me out there and give me a good number. I'm winning you the game. 
Well, I mean, we here's the this. thing. You we ain't getting this. no good number unless you good enough. So you know, I, I, I genuinely believe that that is how that is how I that is how I judge the quality of footballers by the numbers that they are issued. So um, yeah, obviously not completely, but I really I really think that is a reflection of, uh, you know, again, the, the type of quality that we have available and hopefully we'll have a we'll have a chance to progress. You want to talk about something controversial? I love controversy. All right. So obviously, listen, the, the, this whole World Cup situation is a mess. And thank God, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of time focusing on it because it's just between the selection of this country, how it happened, Seth Blatter, Oof. issues in this country. Like they, 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 you could write a book about why this why we shouldn't be where we are. How do you feel about the men's national team with the whole be the change theme? coming into this thing and kind of sprinkling a little bit of political, social innuendo into a country that obviously is not ideologically aligned with the country we live in. Well, it's very American. There there's, there's no, there's no doubt of that. Uh, you know, I don't know if leaflets are next, but uh, I, I like, I don't, I, I mean, I, you know, I got to be honest, I didn't even really see the be the change thing. Um, I, I guess I've been uh, a little bit more, I was a little bit more focused on some of the, some of the other research and, and getting ready for this, but I, that is a very interesting and very American way to go about things by uh, politely undermining the, um, you know, the, the home, the home country. Uh, and, and obviously th- this is not joke, um, you know, the, obviously the human rights violations and the workers and the building of the stadiums has, has been a complete travesty. Uh, you know, FIFA is definitely should be held accountable for that stuff, but they never will be because of the amount of money being made. It's no. going to be insane. But uh, that being said, let's talk about something a, l- a little bit more more positive as we wrap up. Looking forward to Wales a little bit. Uh, just to let everybody know, Jay and I will be back, uh, you know, this weekend with a proper preview show and uh, bringing in our friend from from Glasgow, our, our first international visitor. Uh, we'll talk about that, uh, you know, a little bit more this weekend. But, you know, we got the the Wales, the Welsh national team, uh, you know, late, late qualifiers. Uh, I think they were the last squad to qualify. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you if you know yeah, that, but I, I believe that they're the last ones. I think I saw that this is like the second time that they've qualified for a World Cup in like seventy like 54 years, fifty four years or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. So the, I mean, so these guys are going to be going going nuts. And you know what a what a small country. It's unbelievable how uh, you know this. Just to give everybody a little tidbit about you know some of the differences of the World Cup versus like the Olympics, for example. You know, in the Olympics, everybody in the UK competes for the UK, whether you're English or Scottish or, or Welsh. Now, you know, Scotland's got their own national team. England's got their own national team. So the Island, uh, you know, has three different national teams, uh, two of which will be going to Qatar. Which is great. And I like, and they're in our group. Yeah. And Wales, I mean, basically in the past, their national teams, essentially, I think it's basically been comprised of players from Swansea and Cardiff and And Ryan Giggs. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, listen, they—they're not an untalented team. I mean, they've got some good players on on their squad. So uh, I would not look at them lightly, regardless of how many appearances they've made. I also wouldn't discount Iran. I mean, they—they they put up quite a fight four years ago in their group. They almost stole that from some very big clubs. Um, listen, we, we, I also heard that we have 
which I find a little bit silly. I'm sure this has to do with average rankings, that technically our group is the most difficult group out of all of them. When you take into account current FIFA rankings of all the country, I think the average is about 15th as far as FIFA rankings. So I didn't exactly feel that way when I saw the draw, but apparently that's the case. Well, hey, man, th- those those numbers definitely uh, definitely don't lie. Uh, but I mean, I'm I'm definitely speaking for both of us, but we are both extremely excited for this. I think it, it's going to be awesome. I'm really uh, happy and, and proud that that the boys are, are going to be out there, uh, you know, representing us in the biggest tournament. Uh, Lee Azuri will be watching uh, from their from their television sets uh, across Italy just to <sighs> rub it in, rub a little bit into your skin there. But uh, nonetheless, everybody's going to be watching. It's going to be great. Can't wait to uh, get back with you. Uh, later on this week to uh, to talk about the the rest of the tournament, but unless you got anything to add, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off and and we'll uh, we'll pick back up this weekend. We ran it down. Let's chat this weekend. Awesome. Well, we appreciate everybody out there. We appreciate the support. Uh, thanks for the listens. Red, white, and blue podcast coming at you. Shout out to the U.S. men's national team. Can't wait to cheer you guys on next week. We'll get back to you this weekend. Thanks, everybody.